who will who are will believe God and it will be vindicated in the last day and it is being vindicated all the time in the lives of people who are alive to it. I've got news for you. I am so excited about the Bible studies in this church. I hear such great things. It's amazing. And brothers and sisters, we should be in this book studying it. We should be studying this book all the time in it because in it we commune with him. But I've got news for you. We don't, first of all, study the book. We become the book. I don't know, did you hear me? The Christian life is you become the book. And the world is dying. Joel, you remember this when you hear people preach? You remember I said this to you. Now, I want to tell you, you remember that the world is fainting for a lack of true Christianity. We're busy studying it, and that's great, that's good, but if you just study it as a, like you read the encyclopedia, you know, you can quote the book, and you can quote where it comes from, and it is not changing you, and you are not being transformed, and if the fruit of the Spirit is not working in your life, then it's time to stop and say, I need to read, I need to find out what the deal is here. I just want you to know that you're not only called to salvation, you are called to live in victory. No, 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 you didn't hear me. I don't mean the victory we think, but we see all around us. I try so hard. I'm trying, listen, the Christian life outside of the supernatural life of the Holy Spirit and the indwelling Christ is so overburdening. It is so boring. It is so uh, maddening. It is so discouraging. It is so depressing. Come on. That's right. So true. And we wonder why people aren't flocking through our doors. You know what I wish I could do today? I wish I could go down with a little mat and erase everything you think you know about the Bible right now from your head. I, I really mean it. Because we haven't really heard the Bible. We don't really. If we knew why brothers and sisters are underground right now, if we knew why people walked into lion's dens with their kids and didn't care if their lives were taken, if we were, we understood Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shouldn't be being embarrassed on the Old Testament and the New Testament. And they said, well, you know what? I'm not bound. I'm not bound. Even though whatever you take your life will, but I'm still not bound. Brothers and sisters, this is the most amazing gospel. I don't care where you are this morning. I don't care what kind of problems you're up against. I don't care what you feel this morning. Feel this morning. Feel this morning. Oh, that word feel. It's amazing. Oh, can you feel the honor?
before I really got to living it. But I'm telling you, God is so convincing me the last thing is, and you better pull me out of this pulpit with a, with a, with a hook. Oh, no. Or you're going to get me to, because I am not preaching anything else. I want to tell you that you are called to live in victory. You are called to live above your circumstances. That's right. What are you doing down there this morning? Amen. What are you doing down there this morning? Right. Get, uh, get up here where you where yeah. you are going to be seen to sit in heavenly places. Yes. Far above all principalities and powers. Yeah. And we need to get the message now because of the powers yeah. that are saturating. Yeah. And you say, well, well, you don't understand my circumstances. Well, mine are very different. And it's true. You don't get what I, I, I don't, listen. Then, then you know what? Burn your Bible. Then burn your Bible because as far as I can see, this covers every person and every situation. And, and God has victory for us in yeah. every single way. And because the church is ignorant, and, and I don't mean ignorant in a bad, you know, condescending way. I don't I mean we're not, we're not getting it. And the church has always had a problem getting this message. We've only got a half a gospel. You know how gospel is? Oh, gosh, marvelous. Oh, great. I, I find out that Jesus forgives my sins and he died for me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's wonderful. I really have a lot of sins, Lord. Really, you can actually forgive that. And you find it, yes, yes, it's all done. In a minute, did we sing it here? In a moment, he set me free. Yes. How did that happen to me? In a second, his spirit came on me in my lip, in my in my den, and all of a sudden, I, in a second, I was born again. In a second, my yes. eyes were opened. In a second, I was yes, free. But it's taken me a lot of years to find out how free I am. Yes. And That's you right. have somebody who's on your case right now to keep you from living in that freedom. Mm -hmm. If he can't stop you from getting saved, he's going to stop you from walking in freedom. Because the church just believes in a handful of gospel. I get saved. I'm forgiven of my sins, and then I fall in love with it. But then all of a sudden, things start to change. I get problems. I, I get problems, and all of a sudden, and so what do I do? And then I sin. Oh my goodness, I don't want to sin like that anymore. Oh my gosh, so I, keep, I come back and I get the blood, and I come back and say, Lord, I really forgive me for that sin. Oh, you did already, that's right. I come back and I ask for forgiveness, and then, and then, we call that the Christian. We just keep trying harder. This time, Lord, you don't understand this time. I mean it this time, Jesus. I mean it this time. I'm never doing it again. Yeah. Or I suppress it. Brothers and sisters, that is a pure, that is the absolute uh, recipe for defeat. And the devil, you know, we know that the Bible carries it parallels all through the whole Bible of the pictures of the Christian life. You know the Old Testament. We know that even in the New Testament tells us that all the stories in the Old Testament are examples for us. And we know that Egypt was always stood for the children, children of Israel under the under the oppression of the evil one. It was you before you were saved. And Pharaoh was saved. And you are there, you know, making bricks and you and, and life is tough and and, and you're, you're there and you're under this power. And all of a sudden you get the gospel. I hope you got the gospel. I hope you're saved. If you're not saved and you haven't had a moment when your eyes are really open and Jesus is, you tell me about it. We'll pray together. Don't settle to live there. But that's, this is the experience. Now, now God brings in 
God delivers his people supernaturally from Satan, supernaturally from Satan, and he takes them, and right, well, where do they go? They go into the wilderness. And in the wilderness, they, well, you know, whatever commentary you want to pick up, uh, they, they'll tell you how they could have been out of there two years, they could have been out of there four years, everybody could be in different order. Let, let's say four years. They could have been out of the wilderness, not into the promised land in two years, four years, whatever. But you know what they did? They circled for 38 needless years of going around the mountain over and over and over again. And you know what they did, saints? They complained the whole way. And you know what they did, saints? They And, and the Bible says, and the book of Hebrews says, they refused to believe God. Why, see, why didn't they get in? Because they murdered, because there was murder going around in the camp. No, 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 that wasn't it. That's right. Oh, they didn't get in because they were all sleeping together. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 that wasn't it either. Uh, yeah, they didn't get in because... Why didn't they get in? Yeah, you're right. Because they're unbelievable. You can, we can, you know that word? What exactly does that mean? And let's be realistic. I mean, it's hard. Isn't it hard? Oh, oh, all I can say is it's so believable, unbelievably easy that we miss it. But if you're in the wilderness, that's all. You're going around the stuff. You keep you're hitting the same places. And you keep saying, how come this isn't moving? And, uh, and, and you try not, you know, I'm supposed to have Thanksgiving in every situation. How do I do that? This, I mean, if, if they knew my life, if they knew what's going on with me, how many times? I, okay, I'm not supposed to complain. That's right. Oh, Lord, I praise you. I'm sorry. I'm not yeah, supposed yeah, to complain. Yeah. We just go around, and we go around. And it's complaining, and it's unbelief. So, you know what I'm going to things going with the napkin, Naive. I, I can't see the napkin right now, and I'm really, really nervous because that napkin is extremely important to me. Are you sure, Naive? such a distorted picture of faith. Yeah. Without faith. Without entrusting him. Remind me to go back to the second one here. 
You know what that sounds like? It sounds like some of our, most of our prayers. Do you know, I don't pray the way I used to most. Most of my prayer was, ooh, the Lord hits me. Oh, this is terrible. You know what you've got over here? You know that pain on your side? Or you know that kid that you're worried about? Or you know that situation? Oh, oh, oh God, yeah. oh God, please. Oh, oh that, yeah. Oh God, uh, uh, I, your promises. Uh, I'm trusting you for your promises, God. I mean, I am tired of watching the devil run Christians' prayer lives. Because it isn't prayer. It's worry disguised as prayer. I want you to know that my prayer life has so changed from please to thank you, you have no idea. Devil, if you keep hitting me with that dart again, and you keep coming and telling me, I told you, Father, thank you for your promises for that kid. Father, thank you that your word is true. Thank you that you'll never let me down. Thank you that I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the devil is telling me. I, you know what? The devil gets really tired of hearing you do that. That's right. Because if he can't evoke fear in you, mm-hmm. he said, he took a napkin. <laughs> oh, how flat. That's good, right? So the devil hits me with fear. And then I go running to God. <laughs> and with my fear. And, and what do you think? Not the person. I didn't give you my word about that. No word, but did you see? Did you hear? Did you? Did you hear what I said in my word? <clears throat> Did you hear what I said? Or are you hearing, hearing? Living the victorious life, first of all, you can't earn it. Oh, it's so exciting. It's so exciting what he did on that cross to give us thanks be to God who always gives us the victory in Christ Jesus. You can't earn it. You can't work up for it, but you can receive victory. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it. I know you're sitting there saying, yeah, yeah, tell me, tell me how, how, how. Oh, I'm so excited you yeah. feel that way. Because I have felt that way for so many years in my life. And I'm telling you, i got a long way to go, but I'm touching it. And I want to tell you something. I found out this is really real. This is real. God is not kidding. And you know what? When my feelings come these days, I'm like, well, we'll talk about the old man and the new man because you know yeah. who's talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Who's talking to you? Yeah. I'm going to go back to the second one. Then we're going to come back to who's talking to you. <clears throat> you want to please God by faith? And then let me read you another verse. Let me read you 2 Timothy. I love this verse. 2 Timothy 2.4. No soldier in active service gets entangled in the affairs, I have it there, but I have a different, I have a different version of it. It says no soldier can get entangled in civilian pursuits, but I like the other translation that says no soldier gets entangled in civilian in in the affairs of everyday life, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. You want to know why a lot of us are missing the joy and the peace? Because we're so entangled in our everyday life. When God wants us to come up above our everyday problems, and from there we sit in a place of victory. Let me tell
tell you something. If you succumb to fear, you have no victory. If you succumb to fear, you have no authority. His goal is to frighten you and to get you so that you, so you get so troubled and anxious. Where is the Bible? What does the Bible say about anxiety? Oh, well, you know, that's one of the verses you just ignore. That's the one you skip over when we read it, right? Philippians 4, the anxious, nothing. In all things with... Uh, in all things with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God, and the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. That is not a prescription. You know what that is? It's a description. When you start to understand what the true Christian life is and the victory of the supernatural victory that you've been given in Christ, you will look to the whole New Testament it's not something you do. It's not a prescription that you have to follow these steps. I'm so tired of a Christianity that says follow these steps. Mm. It's not a prescription. It's a description of when you're walking in intimacy with your lover. That's what it is. It's a description of how you are above these kind of things. What do you mean when you're above? I mean, I mean above. I mean, I mean you're above them. I mean that your feelings, and we walked around this room right now and passed over the mic. Well, I, I'm going to tell you, Pastor, why I'm upset today. If you knew what was going on in my life, you, and how long did you understand? Did you understand that in this world, as soon as you get done with that, did you know there's five guys waiting behind him? Yeah. <clears throat> hmm. Let me have the uh, Ephesians 2. Can you grab that, Scotty? Ephesians 2 scripture? I can, but nobody's going to be able to read it. Okay. Okay, don't worry about it. I'll read the start. Not a problem. Um, I should have it by heart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep it. Oh, oh, that was me. It's not me. Scott, you got to come over and look at my And you, uh, first one, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that's now working in the sons of disobedience. Okay. You were dead in your trespasses and your sins, separated from God, and in which you formerly walked according to the course. You know we're on a course. And before you were saved, you and I were on the course of the world. You know what The world's motives, the world's values, the world's voices, the world's, you name it. Where the circumstances control you. When I said even the ones entangled in everyday, in your everyday affairs in the first before Timothy, do you understand that your family and your job and your physical body and everything else is important to God. But it is secondary, brothers and sisters. And the devil's job is to keep us so entangled in our circumstances that he just keeps throwing one after, one at you. Then he'll throw another at you. And, and then, and what are we doing? Then we feel like we're drowning. 
We're fighting the wrong battle. The battle that we're to fight, listen, what's the battle we're to fight? It's a battle for faith. It's a battle to believe and to stand on what Jesus Christ has done for us at the cross. But we have very little understanding of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Because what I said, even at the communion table, we all know what the blood stands for. Our sins are forgiven. But we don't really get what the bread stands for. We don't really get the other half of the gospel. And we're going to talk about that a little more. Brothers and sisters, when I say the victorious life, this is what I mean. Can we do Galatians? Can we get him up? Galatians 2.20? Is he different? Can they different print or probably not? Okay. I can quote him. I can quote him. Now, if I went around the room, if I went around the room and asked you, what did you walk away with after you heard Putty Putnam about we're image bearers? If I went around and asked you, <laughs> I think that what most of us walked away with, okay, it's an image, and when I'm with people, they're going to be reminded of Christ. They're going to, I'm going to represent Christ to them. I'm going to, they're going to see him clearer. That, that, that's not it. That's not it. You know what being an image bearer is? You literally bring Christ with you. And the devil does not want, you remember what Putty said? He said, the, the Lord said to him, I'm looking at this, at these woods in your eyes. The devil does not, and he, and he said another thing. He said, what if God was more you than you? If we do not understand Romans 6, 7, and 8, this is why don't listen to anybody, even my brother, get up here and say, Isaiah 53 is important. Ignore him. <laughs> Romans 6, 7, and 8, listen to me, is, the, is what Jesus did on the cross and his resurrection taken into your life. That's why I tell you it's the most important chapters in the Bible. And the devil will do anything to cloud our eyes. You are dead to sin. You're dead to the law. You're alive in Christ. He can just make those words absolutely uh, insane. And you can feel the powers against it. Oh, oh, dead? Oh, yeah, well, I know. I don't, I don't feel dead. Let me tell you something. It's not the changed life. It's the exchanged life. Because on that cross, hold on now. Remember he talked about the dirty toothbrush that fell in the toilet? Well, Jesus Christ is the new toothbrush. And I say this very rarely. He's the new toothbrush. He was humanity the way it's supposed to be. And we see him the way we are to be living. And he did everything empowered by a life that was in him. God does not care about you getting your temper better. He doesn't care about you getting more patient. He wants the life of his son to be manifest through you. Listen to me. All spirits want to man only spirits can only manifest in this world through a body. Satan wants to manifest through you. And Jesus wants to manifest through you. They both need a body to manifest. So what happened in the fall? Satan went over the wall, our brother says, and he got into mankind. That's right. He got into mankind. Okay, now I'll tell you something. We know the blood is for the justice of God. God sees the blood, and you are disconnected. 
God sees the blood. Don't ever minimize what God sees when he sees that blood. But what about his body? Because his body is very important. Because the body houses the spirit, as I just said. So somehow, in some way, on that cross, God put the sinful, twisted, sick spirit of Satan himself into Jesus on that cross. He became sin itself. Because sin isn't just things that you do. Hold on. Sin is a principle. It's a power. You know how I know? Because he calls the Antichrist a man of sin. And what does Genesis say? It, and God says to uh, Abel uh, and his, what the two brothers that were fighting? Cain and Abel. And he says, listen, you can, you, can, you can get the same thing. I'll be gracious to you. But if you don't, sin is crouching at the door. Now you tell me that's not a person. You tell me that's just some thing I do. We don't understand what sin really is. It's a power that grabbed the human race, a twisted spirit that absolutely that hides and, and it, it deceives and it can even be look good on the outside, but that's why you've got to be born again. You've got to be disconnected from that sick, satanic spirit. And somehow, oh dear Lord, if we could see the work of Calvary, somehow, can you imagine that God the Father poured that sick, twisted devil's whole nature and personality, he poured him into Jesus. Now what did Jesus was saying, Father, is there another way? That's what he was talking about. He poured the sin, twisted spirit into Jesus himself on that cross. So when Jesus died, died. The body died so it had no place to live. And if Jesus represented all of mankind, that spirit was dead. From humanity. Correct? And you can't die twice. You know what he did in Hades? He went down and laughed. You thought that you were huh? Okay, well, that's only half the problem now. Because now you're cut off from that sin twisted. Oh, well, let's get this straight. Remind me, I gotta come back to what, where you go from after being cut off. You know what you're cut off from? You see, we say, oh, Jesus, thank you. You saved me from sin. You saved me from death. Oh, you saved me from the devil. Yes. You know what he saved you mostly from? You. He saved you from the prison of you. I don't know. They shouldn't have done that to me. Oh my, and Father, I don't understand why you let that happen. And 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 God, I, I, I'm to, where, when are you going to come in into this situation? And that sin twisted spirit is what the course I just read in Ephesians 2. It's the course of this world. You see, you and I were raised. Wrong. We were raised, we learned all of these lies and nonsense, and we think it's reality, and that's why you've got to have your mind renewed. Because you think crazy things. I think crazy things. It, that's why coming to Christ, 
Okay, my sins are forgiven, but now we got to shut down the factory. Now we got to shut down the factory. So now, now what happened? So Jesus was cut off. All of mankind at that moment, at that second, was cut off from that demon spirit. And a fast, quick, sharp cut. Yes. But that's not enough. Because that just left us vacant. Somehow, oh, the Father put us in Christ. And when Jesus came out of that tomb, we came out of that tomb with a whole new spirit, but now connected to a whole different spirit. When we take the table in a little while and we take the bread, you remember. That blood gives you forgiveness, but that bread cuts you off from that self-pitying. Yeah. Oh, did I say self-pitying? <laughs> Jesus, far be it from you to go to the cross. It's not right, Jesus, for you to go to the cross. What did he say? Get behind me, Satan. And as long as you and I are going to entertain all of those emotions, listen, guys. You know, you have to scrub this tape. I don't know. Listen, guys. I'm a counselor. I've counseled for years. I've seen healing. I've seen much healing. But you know what I'm tired of? The cross of Calvary brings us total transformation. There are times you need special healing, but for the most part, what you really need is to stop praying and stop believing what the Word of God says and telling the devil that he is that he's lost his hold, he's finished with you or your kids, and that you're not listening to him anymore. And he's going to keep coming back and sticking pins in you unless you're going to stand there and say, I I'm not... You can do all that old Adam doomsday. You know what? I'm just getting too far out now in my life. Do you know what? I'm just getting too far out. I've seen him do too much. I want to say, no, you're 20 years too late. I've seen Jesus. I've seen. You see, this, we talk about identity. And if I went around the room again and I said, so what's your identity in Christ? I think most of you would say, I'm forgiven. I'm loved. I'm approved. You would be 100% right, but you don't realize that. You know what your, you know what your real identity is? It's not you anymore. You're not alone. That the real you is Jesus and you, in you. And you and I go fighting our battles by ourselves. And we talk to the devil. Something about talking to the devil. You know this thing about, oh, you get a thought, oh, replace it with the word. And get a thought and replace it. Does it work for anybody? Does it never work You know what works for me now? I don't play with the individual thoughts. I just say, no, that's the old mind. I don't go thought to thought. I just say, that's the old man thinking. That's not the new man thinking. If the new man is Jesus, can you imagine Jesus saying, and then you said this to me, and it was terrible, Jesus. I'm, okay, now I can hear you, but don't we have, 
feelings and yeah 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 we'll talk about that yeah we have feelings but listen we're living in these feelings guys uh, anybody uh, am i uh, is anybody hearing me in here guys guys a lot of these feelings are the product of unrenewed thinking and you keep brooding on these feel these thoughts and your feelings just go with it that is true it is horrible it is going to be terrible it is going to be terrible isn't it and 10 years now is going to be worse right yeah you keep thinking them and brooding on them and meditating on them and your feelings all line up i need prayer that's what i need i need the saints to just pray for me pray for you suzanne you don't need the saints to pray for you you need to say that is not true yeah. okay listen to me now this is the best part this is the best part and uh, oh, oh this is the best part oh come on <laughs> i've got a little clip that's coming up in a few minutes that's going to show you the five, a few minute clip and it's it's from that theologian um harrison ford that's all I'm and i want you to see harrison who's going to do a better job than i'm going to do but listen to me Naeem, i need i need you to hold the mic for me for a minute I need my hands. I'm Italian. I, I'm... So, so here's the old man, right? And he's the man that I told you was connected to the sick spirit of Satan, right? Mm -hmm. And the fruit of the old man, we could just, you know, fear. Does the Bible say I should be afraid? No. Does the Bible say I should be afraid? No. 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 Uh, worry. Does the Bible say I should be afraid? No. no. Uh, have a stress. I should be no. giving stress, stress, right? No. Uh, give me some others. Uh, uh, bitterness, unforgiveness, self-loathing. We, we can take care of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is the old man. That's you, attached to Satan. And this is all the things. So you know what we do? You know what we call Christianity? Fighting. Yeah. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be afraid. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I shouldn't, I, I need to forgive. That's what it is. Didn't I forgive? I, I, I fight all of the fruit. Oh, gosh. You don't know how many years it took me to get this. You better appreciate it. <laughs> the fruit of my old connection. So Christianity is taught that we suppress it, resist it, fight it. You know what God did? He took care of the old man. He went right to the problem. What? He's so brilliant. He's so brilliant. Let me have that clip. I'm going to show you. Harrison Ford's going to show you exactly what I mean. Remember that Harrison Ford has Calvary. is going to demonstrate Calvary.
Right. Jews came out of Egypt with them. Where are my scholars? Right, Ron? It wasn't just them. People saw the magnificent power of the Jews, the God of the Jewish people, and many of them came. So I just read somebody tell me this week that said they had been a part of this before. When they were living with their neighbors, they had been a part because this, this kind of revelry and the words that the Bible used, quite clear, it was debauchery that was going on sexual impurity of every kind. They had already been toying with this stuff. This was already in there. Brothers and sisters, I, who am I talking to? Because only two got out. And if you want to live, see my pointing, I hate it. If you want to get this victorious life and really live the Christian life, you're going to have to want everything that's in you. Not because it's hard to get, but because the powers of your flesh and the religion around us will do everything keeping you up. You see, it's not a changed life. We keep thinking, we're hearing a Christianity that keeps saying, I want to be changed. I want to be patient because I'm impatient. I want to stop losing my temper. I want to stop cursing. I want, I need to change. 
God saying, oh, you don't have it yet. I don't want you. That's the that's that's uh, behavior modification. You could do that and be unsaved. It's not changing, saints. It's exchanging yeah. another life. This was his Paul's identity was. This was written 20 years after the crucifixion. Wait a minute. You telling me that the Apostle Paul is saying, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet 20 years after Jesus was crucified? This is, this is, this is, how that happened to you, Paul? The same way it happened to you. By faith, Paul took his place in the crucifixion. By faith, Paul took his place in the resurrection. And it will always be by faith in this Christian life. You'll get nothing from God without faith. Faith in his word and believing his word and standing there. And then you're in for a battle. But you know what? Every time, every, you know the circumstances in your life right now that are tough? Around the room. One, two. You know what your class is. Mm-hmm. You know what your class is. You're called to overcome. You're called to overcome the impurity and the sexual craziness of this society. You're called to overcome. You're called to overcome the stress that people are living in. You're called to overcome bitterness and unforgiveness. And you know what the new spirit is that came in to the resurrected Christ? You're so pretty. (laughs) It was the spirit of love. The old man is self for self. You know what the new man is? It's self for God and others. And half of us are depressed and upset because all we're in the prison of self and we're just living for self and thinking about self and caring about self and wanting to know why everybody else isn't caring about myself and why is everybody doing for me what they should be doing for me? And, and him too. That is what the old sick spirit looks like. So when you start feeling it creep up on you, you don't have to get afraid. You don't have to get upset. Oh, you see, your mind, that old man, your old man is mainly your mind. Your old man is so used to going there. You gotta now turn the boat. That's not me anymore. Wait a minute. The real me isn't filled with that person. The real me, Christ in me, does he have unforgiveness for that person? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have a hard time, right? That means every situation, you have a tough situation coming up to you. Some place you have to go or be, and you're like, oh, you're ready. And like, what am I going to do? This is going to be so hard. You know what you do? You do nothing. You know what you do? You walk in and say, Jesus, I'm not doing one thing for victory here. I don't even, outwardly you think, you're hearing all the voices, I don't even want to be with those people. And they don't even like them. I don't even like them. Mm, yeah, I know where that's coming from. 
So Lord, I thank you that you live in me in your perfect love, Lord. Thank you so much that you're going to manifest yourself today. You're going to surprise me. You're going to show up when I walk in there, and I'm going to do absolutely nothing to make it happen. Amen. Did you hear me? Do nothing to make it happen. Because if you do anything, you put yourself under the law. If you do anything, you lose the victory. Because when it's Jesus, it's effortless. When if it's Jesus, it's effortless. It's effortless. I've had a few situations that I can't even tell you about in the last few weeks. But it's been amazing to me. I turned around and then the situation was over. I'm like, how did that happen? How did that happen? I know what happened. Another life took The most important thing about you is beneath those that you're thinking and beneath your feelings, there's a river of God underneath you. It's the life of Jesus. It's a river of living water. And you don't have to do anything, Tabby. You have to get out of the way. You don't do it. Get out of the way. 2009, there was a plane that took off from Captain Solomonsberger. Remember? Somehow, a miracle happened, and he called. He called the radioed headquarters, and he said, he, he radioed them and said, "We're going to the Hudson River." And they thought, "Oh, but that's not what Sulphur was thinking." And this man, a miracle happened, and he landed that plane on top of that water, and every single person was saved. You know why? He spent 40 years of air time, 20, 40 years in service, being a pilot, 20,000 years, I mean 20,000 hours practice. Practice. Every time you take a stand into this euphoric flight, I wish I could go on something around. You'll never hear anything else come from me. Because there's no other answer. You have to do what Sully did. When you leave these doors, you're going to have opportunities to decide to take your stand in faith in the living Christ to live through you and for you. Or you're going to you're going to let the new man live or you're going to let you're going to believe the lies of the old man because it's familiar to you it'll be very familiar to you and you know that old man talks in your voice i am very depressed be very careful the devil speaks in first person i am with who is next time you say Who's the I that's talking? It's not Jesus. It's not, you don't want it. It was already crucified. Brothers and sisters, you really were crucified. It's really no longer you living one second. 
independent life on your own. keep you in the wilderness and keep you from walking into the promised land of the victorious life that you are. Ah, okay. There's a thousand songs I'd like to do. It's like you can let you go. What song? Oh, Lessons. Oh, Lessons? Not terrible. We sang so many songs that were so good. So, Father, I just ask you to take my heart Bless these words and feed your victory to your saints, to your people, because you died that we would live in this victory. You died that we would know you in your victory. You died to set us free from this rat race, what hamster wheel we're on, trying to fight our own battles, trying to change ourselves, trying to change each other, rather than sitting in the place of victory. And by faith, this is when the Apostle Paul died, Father, we remember it was said of him, he finished his course, he fought the good fight That's where we want to be. We don't want to live in the wilderness individually, and we don't want City on a Hill to be a, just a, a layover for people going around the mountain and never getting into the promised land. So, Father, I pray and release the spirit of wisdom and revelation into this church today. Father, that this revelation will come during in the nights and night hours. It'll come with a power and a light, Lord, that will change our lives, that will stop settling for our, our life in the wilderness. But we'll stand up and believe you a victorious life. Just as you gave us salvation by the supernatural, supernatural power, you give us victory by your supernatural power. I release that into this church. Amen. Can't forget the table. Can't forget the table of old days. You've got to leave, it's okay. But we cannot forget the table today. Because this is where you are declaring and partaking of that victory. Yep. Partaking of that victory in your life. This is where you are given up all your sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There's no sin on the record under your name. No sin. You can't find it. You go to the book of, you go to the chapter of Hebrews 11 of the heroes of the faith, yeah. and you look at them, and it's amazing. All of the things that they did wrong. Sarah, she laughed at God. All the, they didn't believe. Abraham was Abraham was sold as one of his wife, sleep with the king, and right. look at all the things. Do you know none of it's recorded in Hebrews 11? It's not recorded. Do you know why? God doesn't see any of their sins. They're heroes in the faith because they believed God. Amen. 
Don't leave here today without believing that you are as clean. When you wake up, you wake up and say, I am so clean before you, Father. How did I want you? We need to live and know that I'm absolutely redeemed. Father, it feels so good to be free this morning that you're not holding one thing in. There's nothing between you and me. self-pity and anger and bitterness and stress and worry and and all of the things that Satan tells me are just part of the human life. It isn't. Not the new humanity. It isn't. Thank you for your broken body that separates us today from that sick spirit. Thank you that now we are connected to your spirit. We are redeemed. We now have the spirit and nature of God, of Christ himself, inside of us. What can he not overcome? Yes, so Father, with great gratitude, we partake of this table today. Yes, Release the spirit of freedom in this room. Freedom from our cares. Freedom from sickness. Mm, amen. Freedom from the old man. Mm -hmm. Freedom from every fruit of the old man. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you that you did it. Amen. And we need to, and we're going to start changing a lot of our prayers. Amen. They're not going to be pleased. They're going to be thank, thank you. you. Amen. Thank you. It's already done. Stop asking God to do what He's already done. I never asked anymore for God to bless you, people. Mm -hmm. I think I've been blessed already. Yeah. Thank you that my these these people I love, my kids, they are blessed. Amen. They walk in blessing. What kind of a thing would it be to tell God when He's gone through all this? Mm-hmm. And then you turn around and ask him to Lord, please be with Joe when he goes today to the tomorrow to the dentist. You better stop from the dentist. <laughs> God, please be with Joe when he goes to the dentist. What do you think God's saying? Yeah. Really, Linda? Really? Oh, thanks for reminding me. I always slip my mind. <laughs> and you know what it does to you in the spirit of faith? It does for you when you go, Father, thank you. You're with Joe right now when he walks into that dentist office. Thank you, Lord, that he's got, the, he's got your peace. Father, thank you. You're giving him wisdom to that dentist. Do you see the difference of what it does to your faith yes. and your spirit? Yes. As opposed to God, please, I, he's, no, he's really not feeling good. Well, God, you know, kept him up together. Praying like a heathen. Amen. Wow. Come on. Thank you. Like 